0: From the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted, you're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm and Moses Blacksburg. Hello everyone, Zephin Blacksburg here, and I am joined today by Steve Olsher, and Steve is known as the world's foremost reinvention expert, famous for helping individuals and corporations become exceptionally clear on their what, that is the one thing that they were created to do. His practical, no-holds-barred approach to life and business propels his clients towards achieving massive profitability while also cultivating a life of purpose, conviction, and contribution. And today he's joining us to talk about your what. Thanks for being. Being here steve
1: yeah man thanks for having me
0: yeah so you know most people think that they have to go after their why they're always talking about their why but you took a really great approach to it and did it a little bit differently and you talk about their what uh so explain to me a little bit about why we should be looking at the what as opposed to the why uh
1: you know i mean it's interesting right if we look historically at uh who did what when um i've actually been doing this mm, for a while before cynic did his uh Start with why stuff, but uh, you know, one good TED talk will do you some uh, some real miracles there. So you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things, man. Where it's uh, some people call it semantical, but from my perspective, it's um, it's very different. I mean, your your why, as cynic defines it, anyway, is it's really all about everything that is external. I mean, it's everything. That is sort of the driver for you, right? I mean, it's you do it because you want to help children in Africa. You do it because you want to put, you know, your kids into the best college. You do it because of <clears throat> whatever the, you know, the why is for you, and that becomes the driver, right? So uh, I, I see the power in that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's definitely beneficial. to Understand what your why is. Uh, my work, as you said, is focused on really helping people become clear on how to answer life's, what I believe is most the most important question, uh, which is what is your what? And your what is, it's really that which has chosen you as opposed to that which you have chosen. And it reflects basically, um, you know, the, the one amazing thing you were born to do. And it is everything that is internal. So until you're clear on how you are naturally wired to excel, Uh, I mean, you could have the biggest why in the world, but, you know, frankly, if you don't know how to execute based upon the gifts that you've been given, uh, you're not going to be able to help those that you're really compelled to serve.
0: That, that makes perfect sense. So unless you know the, the tools that you have or the resources, it's very hard to chase down, you know, the, the change that you want to make in the world. And, and that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, um, it's
1: really what's in your DNA. I mean, it's, it's what's in your blueprint, right? I mean, it's just it's already there. There's really nothing you can do about it other than, uh, you know, pretty much go through a lifetime of denial.
0: Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Uh, let me ask you this. Was there a a certain event in your life where you kind of realized that maybe you were chasing the wrong thing, you were chasing the why, uh, and you had to focus more on the what instead. And, you know, things started to click into place once you did that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's more a function of really sort of chasing the almighty dollar as opposed to chasing the why let's, you know, let's say, and, and for me (laughs) in, in, you know, in authorland they say that you write the book that you most need. So, you know, for me it's sort of always been that ongoing question of, you know, what is it that I'm truly wired to excel at? And after going through the Myers Briggs and the what colors your parachutes and the strengths finders, you know, and all of those types of things, you know, they really just left me with more questions than answers. So ultimately that's why. Uh, I ended up creating this framework. Mm, the fact that it's helped others is great, but you know it's really just something that I designed because I needed the answers for myself.
0: Yeah, and I think that we're kind of our, our own worst enemies sometimes in that we teach a lot of things that, that we need help with, right? So uh, many life coaches don't have uh, the greatest ability to live their best life, uh, and they create these, these methods and strategies, but you are clearly somebody who is, is living this strategy that you've made up. Um, it sounds like you've got uh, three simple steps for someone to discover their what. Is that true?
1: Uh, It is, yeah, I mean, basically, it it all begins with understanding what that core gift is, right? So, I mean, that's step one. And step one um, is, you know, I mean, it's not easy, right? I mean, most people go through a lifetime without understanding one piece of the puzzle, let alone all three. Uh, And for a lot of folks, understanding what that core gift is, uh, is the hardest part, right? So there is a specific process that I take people through to help them identify what that core gift is. And there's probably, uh, you know, it kind of varies based on the day, but, you know, somewhere between 20 and 25 core gifts are what we've identified. Um, For instance, like, your core gift might be teaching or it might be communicating or, you know, something of that nature, right? And so, I, obviously, I don't know you well enough to be able to answer that, but, you know, you're going to really hone in on what that core gift is uh, after you go through a process that, uh, that I created, which is um, lovingly called the seven seeds of your soul. And so that'll help bring to the surface what that core gift is. The second step is then figuring out the vehicle, what is that vehicle that you're going to use to share your gift with the world? So, if teaching is your, your gift, let's say, um, then how are you going to teach, right? I mean, are you going to teach in a classroom? Are you going to teach uh, via writing? Are you going to teach, uh, you know, via video interview, right? I mean, whatever it might be, what's that vehicle? that you're going to use and then step three is all about identifying the people that you're most compelled to serve so it is um, you know it's a challenge to to again to get to one answer let alone all three but you can see how one without the other you know, is not nearly as powerful
0: yeah absolutely it's one of those things where it, if you don't have all three together working properly it's you're not going to be very effective um i'm curious you know if somebody were to to go through these steps and really work on uh what it is that you know they can bring to the world and they're doing this whole reinvention of themselves right like they're kind of hitting the reset button they're waking up the next morning and they want to completely change uh what they're doing with their lives what does it truly mean to reinvent yourself because so many people uh you know make new year's resolutions and then two weeks later they're gone so you know how do we truly reinvent ourselves
1: yeah, you know it's um, it's one of those things where <laughs> the word has kind of gotten uh, a little bit overused, I think, to some extent, because you know people talk about reinventing the hamburger. You know, like Burger King did that, and you know it's just it became this buzzword. Uh, and you know, it's like much to my chagrin because you know these are the kinds of things I've been talking about now for a long time, but you know, now that it's, uh, it's sort of the cart and the horse, right? I mean, it's like, you know, chicken and egg, which came first. And so, you know, long story short, what I've been talking about insofar so far as reinvention and reinvention is concerned over the years, um, is that it's, it's really not at all about um, changing anything about you. It's really just getting sort of back to the essence, to the core of who you truly are by shedding the shackles of all those personalities and outfits and character traits that we put on typically in an attempt to appease others or really hold to, uh, you know, fulfilling the whims and agendas of others. And it's just shedding all of that to get back to really what fires you up, you know, what puts fire in your soul. So it's uh, it, it's not an addition, it's really a subtraction.
0: Hmm. That's that's a different way to think about it. So I guess I would ask, would the overarching problem that so many ha- have today of, you know, wanting to seek purpose and find meaning, is it that they're just not staying true to these core values and, and they're not really looking inwards at themselves?
1: Yeah, and, you know, I'm not going to talk about values in this conversation only because I don't think that values... Um, ultimately, are ingrained in your DNA. I mean, I think that values are learned. So this is more conversation about really honing in on that blueprint, right? And so it's um, you know it becomes uh, really just a function of recognizing that. And you know, if you look historically, this is kind of this is kind of the thing that people hit you know sometime in their mid 30s and beyond it, it you know you, there's way too much learning that goes on before that to really begin to understand that you know perhaps what you were doing isn't necessarily what you know you were truly meant and made to do so it's uh, it's a lot of trial and error to get to that point but i do think that um at at there is a fork in the road i mean that all of us will hit eventually and whichever path we choose to take is obviously our choice but we're all going to hit that fork in the road where we're going to wake up and just say you know am i doing this because this is what i want to be doing and this is what i should be doing and this is what i'm compelled to do or am i doing this because i am simply living by the standards that others have created for me
0: yeah i actually asked myself Literally that same thing very recently because I had left the full time corporate world to start a video company and I had to decide for myself is video truly, you know, a, a thing I'm passionate about or was video something where, yeah, it's great. I'm good at it and everybody knows I'm good at it and I like having that feedback. Uh, and I really learned out of it that video is a great, you know, medium for communication. Like you were saying, you know, having that vessel for uh, what you do best. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily the passion, and the passion really was storytelling. Um, mm. And after figuring that out, it, a lot of things clicked into place. And it actually... So you could,
1: And you could back it up, right? So now look at it in terms of the what is your what equation, right? So if your primary gift then is teaching or communicating then the primary vehicle that you use or vessel, if you're using that word, you know, is storytelling, right? And so the question, or specifically storytelling through video, right? I mean, if that's the actual vehicle. And then the question is, moving towards the third step, is then who are the people that you most want to create stories for,
0: that makes sense because then and that's how
1: it all ties together.
0: Yeah, you've got your target audience there and and that probably gives you a, a much clearer uh, defined path of where to go next, I think.
1: Yeah, and if you look at it, so let's take it um, one piece at a you know at a time here, right? so if you if you know that the people that you most want to serve, um, let's say are those who have recently graduated from college uh, and are trying to figure out what to do with their career that's well and good to know that those are the people that you want to help but the question then becomes how do you help them, right? So as a standalone it doesn't really mean anything and if you know you love video and you know you love storytelling um, I mean that's all well and good but if you don't really understand that this is something that you are naturally wired to excel at, you may actually go out and hire someone else to do it even though that's you know what you want to do because you may not yet realize that that communication piece that teaching piece is an innate part of who you are and you can then run it back through the three different steps and see how one really is um, shall we say as equally powerful as the other
0: yeah absolutely and and we started to talk about paths a little bit, and which direction you could go, and I know that you. So you have a book out. It's called "What Is Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing You Were Born to Do." Um, and you reference something called the four paths. So I'm hoping maybe you could share a little bit about the four paths and what they are.
1: Yeah. So the four paths basically represent where people are in their lives, or basically um, uh, they or they may not even recognize, you know, that that's where they are. I mean, that's this is not unusual for people, you know, it's the the picture in the frame kind of thing, right? I mean, you can't really see it. So what I have found, though, is that there are four typical paths, and you're going to be on one of these four paths. One is uh, what I call the uh, the birther, right? So the birther is the path of the person who really has known, you know, since the womb, that that's who they are and what they're truly compelled to do is never, you know, it's never been in question you know, you see that a lot with the musicians, you see that a lot with uh, the athletes, you know, those sort of people, Um, and occasionally some folks in the sciences and architecture, you know, those sort of things, but basically, you know, they can get off path for a while, but at the end of the day, they, you know, by hook or by crook, they get back on path, and sometimes that path, I mean, can send them astray for years and even decades, but (laughs) they just know in their heart of hearts that they were born to do X, Y, or Z. And, you know, these are kind of the people that we hate, right? Because they've never had any doubt at all uh, about what that is. I mean, I think we're just insanely jealous of people like that when you're not one of those people. So there's the path of the birther. The second path is the path of what I call the shifter. And the shifter is someone who is in a situation where you know, things are, are pretty good, um, but they're not just, let's just say that their existence is not fully optimized. And so they need to make a subtle shift to the equation. And typically it's going to be, uh, you know, through that what is your what equation, right? So perhaps the vehicle is right and the gift is right, but the people are wrong or the people are right, and the gift is right, but the vehicle is wrong. You know, I mean, something of that nature. So, just basically a a shift, a subtle shift to that what is your what equation, uh, ultimately will make all of the difference for them. And so, again, whether they know it or not, they are on the path of the shifter. Um, The third path is what I call the reinventor. Now, this is somebody who, pretty much has a come to Jesus moment or whatever you want to call it and wakes up one day and just says you know I can't do this any longer and this could be whatever right I mean it could be uh, you know let's say you were um, for instance I, I mean a, a client of mine was a chiropractor I mean it was a chiropractor for a long time uh, had a book of paying clients Opened up his own practice um, And was doing quite well on paper, but internally it was just, I mean, just absolutely imploding. And he basically woke up one day and just said, I can't do this anymore. And fast forward about four, five, six years now, I think, about six years now. um, And today he is uh, known as the ambassador of love and he helps single women find love. You know, I mean, so it's just like, you know, it's a full on 180. It's somebody who does just that full quantum shift and people look at him and they go, yeah how did you get from here to there because the two paths are so incredibly uh disconnected that you just you, you can't even you would never have been able to make that leap of faith if you uh you know if you were not that person right so right. uh and then the fourth path is the path of the wanderer which is ninety nine percent of the world and change um and <clears throat> I don't mean that in a derogatory sense I just mean that the wanderer is someone who you know, frankly, doesn't realize that there is in fact something that they're truly compelled to do, something that they're truly wired to do. Uh, hasn't figured out any really any element of the what is your what equation, um, and just kind of meanders through life. I mean, they get there and they do their thing, and you know, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it's simply something that uh, provides for an existence. Uh, I'm not sure that it necessarily provides for complete fulfillment. And, you know, reality is it's not their fault. I mean, these aren't conversations we have around the dinner table. These aren't conversations and classes uh, that we're able to take throughout most of our, you know, um, shall we say, forced, forced schooling. Uh, so it's uh, it's just a, a place that most people find theirsel- themselves in uh, because of the fact that we just, we don't teach people well enough how to really discover who they are Uh, and how just, you know, what it is that they're born to be doing here on this planet.
0: Now, with many of them following the path of the Wanderer, uh, is it something that this is kind of how you are the rest of your life, or could there potentially be, you know, a life-changing event, and they become, you know, that reinventor or shift between, uh, you know, to a different path?
1: Yeah, and that's typically what you see is, You know, Brendan Burchard, if you know Brendan, he talks about, um, you know, basically change is the result of one of two things, either something new comes into your life or basically you manifest something new, right? I mean, those are the only two choices. And so it can happen uh, where something externally, you know, hits you, I mean, maybe your friend has a heart attack and dies you know maybe your dad is diagnosed with cancer i mean maybe you get fired from your job i mean who knows right but the the fact of the matter is that not one of the paths are set in stone i mean all of those paths are i mean they're malleable i mean it's just it's something that you know you can basically shift from one path to the other Um, with the exception of the birther. I mean, I think you're you're either a birther or you're not, but the other paths, uh, you can certainly shift from one to the other throughout your life.
0: And that's certainly good news to hear because I'm sure a lot of people don't want to hear that they're going to be stuck in the wandering phase forever. Uh, Yeah, it's just like a light
1: switch, you know. I mean, it's really just a light switch. I mean, even in this conversation, if somebody is unaware that it's in fact possible for them to understand how they're naturally wired to excel, and just kind of was going through life with the you know the light switch off, and this wasn't even a conversation that uh, you know they would have had. Right. So you know, for that person to now recognize that it's in fact possible to identify those pieces of the puzzle, well, now it becomes a conscious choice. You know, it's it's kind of like Dr. Thomas Gordon's four stages of learning. If you're familiar with the uh, conscious competence learning stages model, but basically, you know, most people kind of go through life in that unconscious incompetent state, which is they're just unaware of what's going on, and it's not to, you know, it's not their fault, it's just simply a matter of not having awareness, you know, uh, there's folks out there who are, um, you know, you There's a lot of people who have done work through Est and Landmark and that sort of thing, you know, the one where work and, you know, he he talks about it as, you know, just you don't know what you don't know, right? And so it's the blind spots. Um, And there's a lot of that out there because it's impossible to see it uh, unless somebody points it out to you or, like I said, something else, you know, comes into your life.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't see anything coming into my life when it came to, you know, making that decision and and learning more about how storytelling was the passion, and it wasn't necessarily video. Uh, I was just in conversation with somebody, and they were like, wait, stop, rewind, you know, play back what you just said. And it clicked, because I I literally said it myself, but I wasn't even aware that it was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely understand what that feels like. Sure. Now, let me ask, you know, for someone who uh, either a is the reinventor or aspires to be that reinventor to make that change. uh, Too many people are not making these changes because they've got families, financial obligations, things that you would consider, you know, distractions are in the way. Um, How do we break through that and explain to them that that's not really an excuse?
1: Um, it's not an excuse, but it is a reality. I mean, because what we end up with are, I mean, we have our bills, we have our responsibilities, we have our obligations, and you can't, uh, in good conscience, just walk away from that. I mean, you know, if you put kids on this planet, you can't just walk away and decide you're not going to feed them. So, you know, I mean, we have to figure out how to transition from that point A to whatever that point B is that you've now identified. And what I like about this process is that although you could, once you identify what your is and you've got the three pieces of the puzzle, you could go out and start doing something with it tonight. The reality is that you're going to have to have somebody basically fund that transition, which is the beauty of having a day job, you know, because that way they are literally funding your transition. And you don't want to, you know, why would you cut off that source? Because reality is that it's going to take you some time, and it could take you a long time in order to start generating some real revenue from what it is that you're truly compelled to do. So you continue down the path that you forward with an eye on what your new ultimate objective is, and you just begin taking those baby steps towards getting there, and I kind of liken it to a recipe mixture, right? I mean right now. 100% of your income might be derived from what it is that you don't want to do, and 0% of your income is derived from what you do. But as soon as you understand what you are what is, and you begin down that path, now maybe 1% of your income is derived from what you want to do, and 99% is derived from what you don't. And then, you know, 10, 90, 20, 80, 70, 30, you know, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, until you figure out when you have enough income to really cut that rope, but you don't cut it before then.
0: That that makes perfect sense. And that's something that uh I probably could have done better because I literally just quit my nine to five and was like, All right, I'm done, <laughs> zero income yeah. and started a business. So I, yeah, I definitely which know. Which is what a that very like.
1: brave, bold thing to do. And and frankly, you know, you also have to look at it in terms of how far you have to fall. Right? I mean, for most folks who are younger, they don't have very far to fall. So it's an ideal time to do it, right, because the risk-reward, the ratio for someone who has minimal responsibilities, I mean, it's, it's infinitely more powerful. The, the equation is infinitely more rewarding because ultimately you have so much less to lose, right? And so that's why when people get older, it becomes that much harder to to do what you did because of what those obligations are. So, that said, it doesn't make it any easier. I mean, it's still a struggle, uh, you know, no matter where you are on the spectrum. Uh, and, you know, the, the truth uh, is that it's probably easier to do it when you have those responsibilities and you have those obligations because then it goes back to sort of the what is you know what is your what versus your why you know equation and question that we were talking about earlier and and you know then your why becomes a lot bigger because it's usually more than just yourself
0: yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, this has been a great conversation. I'd love to share with people, you know, you've got this book, you've got some resources online. Uh, what's the best way for people to, uh, to grab your book and to uh, keep track of what you're doing?
1: Sure. So um, three main things, right? So the book, uh, you can actually grab a free copy of the book at whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. So whatisyourwhat.com slash free. Um, the more general sort of, you know, who I am and what I'm doing site would be uh, Steve Olsher, O-L-S-H-E-R, so steveolsher.com. Uh, and then one of the, uh, the I guess it's uh, the best way to put it is um, what excites me most right now, and I think what has got uh, sort of the most potential uh, moving forward for sharing this message of reinvention with the masses um, is that I relaunched, uh, I did a terrestrial radio show a number of years ago called Reinvention Radio, which I just relaunched as a podcast. Um, so if you go to iTunes and Stitcher and so on and you check out Reinvention Radio, uh, it's it's a pretty compelling show of conversation and controversy where every episode we reinvent something, whether it be skateboarding or drug addiction or PTSD or, mm. I mean, you name it. So um, so check that out. and. Uh, You know, if you like it and you subscribe and you rate and review to it, let me know and I'll send you a gift.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'll be the first one. I'll be subscribing to it in just a second here. So I'm excited to listen in and tune into that. And, you know, thanks again for taking some time out of your day. And, you know, for everyone listening in, definitely go grab a free copy of What Is Your What?
1: Appreciate it, man. Have a great day.
0: All right. See ya. Hey, everyone. It's Zeph. Did you like this episode? Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted.